It's just a real blessing to be with you this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Karen. I'm part of the pastoral team here at South City C3. I've got two great visitors with me today. One who's come all the way from Australia, and that is my youngest sister, Joanna. Would you mind just standing, Annie? <laughs> and my housemate, Prisca. And so it's good to have Prisca here. <laughs> Joanna and I, there are 16 years age difference. When my mother was 39, she got pregnant. And I was very upset because I was a 16-year-old. <laughs> and I can remember my mum would drop us off at school now and again because it was quite a distance. And as soon as I heard she was pregnant, I said, Mum, you don't have to drop us off anymore. <laughs> Rain, hail or snow, I'll be on that bike. And then the day came that Joanna was born. And I never forget, walking into Bethany Hospital, I saw this beautiful 10-pound baby. <laughs> were you 10 pounds? You were 10 pounds. <laughs> no. Oh, I was. <laughs> and I just fell in love with her. And we're very close as sisters. Then a couple of years later, I got another phone call while I was living in Europe. And it was my father saying, Karen, we have some news for you. I said, oh, what's the exciting news? He said, your mother's pregnant. <laughs> Joanna had been praying for a brother or a sister. <laughs> so at 44, and I realized my mother is actually very modern because nowadays you don't blink an eyelid when someone is in their 40s. And I have a wonderful youngest brother who's 21 years younger, <laughs> who lives in Singapore. So it's just such a blessing to be here today. And I know that John and Crystal are on vacation, and I just encourage each one of you to pray for John and Crystal as they're on vacation for refreshing, that the Lord would speak to them for this new year. Who's excited about this new year? I'm excited. I don't know. I just sense an expectancy in my heart. I know that it's often been said that it's going to be a year of breakthroughs, but I'm believing for more breakthroughs but I'm also believing that it's going to be a year where we see miracles. Who would like to see miracles? I would. I would love to see. And I've seen, I've been blessed that I have seen a lot of miracles. While I was on the mission field, I saw many, many miracles. And I know that miracles happen in New Zealand, but I want to see them happen. 
and that people get up on a Sunday morning and they say, look what God has done in my life for even people who don't know Jesus, that, that they are touched in their bodies, that they're touched in their minds, and that we have people coming in saying, I want to testify. I want to share about what Jesus has done in my life. I want to share about the impact this miracle has had and is having on my life. So who's going to pray for this this year? Yes, miracles. And Lord, as we begin this morning, That is what we do want to see, and we're thankful that you move, but Lord, there's so much more. There's so much more for us as a church, and Lord, I pray, Father, that we will see an outpouring of miracles. The greatest miracle is when someone meets you as their Lord and Savior, But, Lord, we believe for miracles this year. Lord, in bodies and minds, there's so much mental illness. And, Lord, I pray that we are going to see breakthroughs. Lord, I pray that we're going to see breakthroughs, miracles in those who need jobs. Lord, miracles. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, like Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat reminded you of the promises that you have spoken. And Lord, you've promised us, Lord, that we would see breakthroughs. You've promised us that this house would be, is like a lighthouse. Lord, people have had visions of this place that people were lined up because they heard of what was happening here in the church. Lord, I pray, Lord, and we're grateful for everything you do, but Lord, we're going to continue to ask for miracles, miracles in families. Oh, we thank you, Lord, because you're the God of the possible. I thank you, Lord. And Lord, where we've said it's impossible, Lord, forgive us. Lord, because with you, let's say that together, with you, all things are possible. Oh, thank you, Lord. That is not my message. (laughs) But I was actually, has has anyone ever made a complaint list? Sometimes we make a to-do list. Well, I made a complaint list. This wasn't good, that wasn't good, that wasn't good, that wasn't good. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Karen, I want you to erase that, and where you have said it's impossible, to write, it's possible. And I had to repent, because <laughs> we can get very negative at times. Who can get negative? Am I the only one? <laughs> no. 
Well, my message today <clears throat> is on fire for God. That is actually my title, Igniting Our Spiritual Passion. And it's fanning the flame of spiritual passion. And we know that the meaning of passion, it's a powerful feeling, it's a strong emotion, it's barely controllable, and it's a compelling enthusiasm. And at the beginning of this year, I felt the Lord ask me a question, and I'm just going to share just out of my heart this morning. And he asked me a question, and he said, Karen, are you on fire for me? I was a little bit shocked that he would ask me that question because my go-to was, well, Lord, I do this for you, I do that for you, I've just come back from Kazakhstan. Why are you asking if I'm on fire for you? And I really thought about it. And I, I looked at myself, I looked at my life, and I thought, Lord, I'm not on fire like you, that you want, like you want me to be on fire for you. And I believe he asked me that question because it's our responsibility to fan the flames. Who likes a fire? I love fires. We grew up. We grew up with fires. And we actually had a house at one time with two fireplaces. But it needed to be stoked, that fire. It needed to be built on. And a fire either spreads or it just burns out. And I love the scripture in Matthew 3 verse 11. And it's John speaking about Jesus. And he said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I believe to come in contact with Christ and the person of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us is, contact, is to come in contact with fire. Who would say amen to that? Who needs more fire in their life? Oh, God, God, I'm right crowd. <laughs> God is the source of spiritual passion, but the Holy Spirit comes to ignite with fire. And as I was praying today, it's like I had a picture of a fire that wasn't really burning brightly. But I felt that the Holy Spirit this morning wants to come and he wants to fan the flames of that fire. He wants to fan the flames of that spiritual passion that we, that we so need. And it's not that we're over the top, but people realize when that fire is burning. 
I know quite a few years ago, um, Joanna and my niece got married in Auckland. And Joanna, my niece, had grown up in a Christian home and married a man who had very little contact with the church. And they actually asked me if I would be the celebrant at their wedding. And I was amazed. I just was me. <laughs> but people came up and they said, this was a really special wedding. There's something different about it. And I knew that they were feeling that passion and the fire of the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament prophets knew this fire. I love that. Jeremiah said, he felt as if God's flames were shut up in his bones. And Jeremiah 26 and 20 verse 9, he says, his word is in my heart like a fire. Don't you love it when God's word is in our heart like a fire where we're passionate, where we're burning? King David said, and I love this, the seal of the Lord consumed him. In Psalm 69 verse 9, it burns within my soul a driving force that cannot be stopped, a fire that cannot be quenched. And that's in the New King James Version. I love that. And that's my prayer, that I would have a fire within my soul that cannot be quenched. Oh, imagine what God can do if that Fire is burning in our soul. And I'm speaking to myself today as well. I want more of his fire. And I, I was just thinking of different people who've really, whose lives have really impacted me. John Knox. Mary, Queen of, the Scot Queen of Scots, was reputed to have said, I fear the prayers of John Mox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Wow. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine if someone can say that about us. I was thinking about especially having a mission background, I was thinking about David Livingston. Love David Livingston, who went to Africa, missionary and explorer. He had fire in his bones. He had a heart that was passionate for the people he ministered to. And when he died... His body was actually buried in England, but you know where his heart was buried? 
His heart was buried in Africa. He had such a passion for the people of Africa. And when I think about passion, I think about two men that I met in Xi'an quite a few years ago. Two men, we were, Paula, who I worked with, we were ministering to the underground church in Xi'an. And after a day, two young men walked in, eyes full of light. And they came up and they said, can we share our story with you? Between the two of them, they had been in prison seven times for their faith. They had a Bible school that they would have in a different place every week. They burned with passion for Jesus. And I'm not saying this morning that we don't burn with passion for Jesus, that we're not on fire. But, oh, there's so much more. Who believes there's more? Oh, there's so much more. Paul tells us that all Christians should have a spiritual level that reaches the boiling point. And that scripture is in Romans 12, verse 11. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Or he commands us to be fervent in spirit. The Greek word for, for, <coughs> for fervent is zeo, which means to boil like hot liquid <laughs> or to glow like hot metal. I want to glow like hot metal. I want to boil like hot liquid. And I just feel today what is zapping for some of us our zeal. And I just have a few questions that I ask myself and I would like to ask you today because I feel that some of these questions determine our spiritual temperature. I believe that when the fire of God rages inside of us, we can't hold it back. And we have a hope because of that fire. Christianity gives hope. But when, when we have that fire, I believe we have compassion for those around us who don't know Jesus. I believe we're called to represent Jesus to people around us. I love the Samaritan woman. She had fire. What did she say in John 4 verse 29? She said, come see a man 
who told me everything I ever did. And in verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of that woman's ministry. Oh, that's, I want to be like that Samaritan woman that many will believe because of what Jesus has done in my life. Oh, I love that woman. I believe that if just to gauge our spiritual temperature is that his last command is our first priority. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I love what God is doing here in the church. He's bringing the nations together. I love it when I look at the wall and I see all the flags represented of the different nations that are represented here. Another question that I believe we need to ask ourselves when we determine our spiritual temperature is are you dealing with all the known sin in your life? And I love the scripture in Psalm 139 verse 22 where it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any offensive way in me. The Song of Solomon talks about the little foxes, the little foxes that can come in and spoil the vineyard. And they ruin the vineyard. And I realized that passion for Jesus and guilt cannot exist at the same time. We are forgiven. And I believe as I was just preparing this for today that there's some people here, you've asked Jesus to forgive you, but you've struggled with forgiving yourselves. You've put judgments on yourself and the Lord is saying, I have forgiven you. I love when Jesus forgives us. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Amen. And I love what there's a scripture in Micah where it talks about he hurls our iniquities into the depths of the sea. And then Corrie Tim Boll, who I love, she was a Dutch woman, and a a very good speaker. And she would say, and he hurls our iniquities into the depths of the sea, and then he puts up a big sign, no fishing. (laughs) Isn't it true? We often, we ask forgiveness, but it's like we keep on talking about it. And I remember there was something that I really struggled with, and I asked the Lord to forgive me. And then one day, as I was being quiet, 
I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, Karen, I don't know what you're talking about. And I realized I was forgiven. I was clean because of the precious blood of Jesus. I love the blood of Jesus. The third question is, are you intimate with God? True passion to do with the heart is the heart for God is fueled when you are close to him. And there's two words that I felt to write down for the beginning of this year. And as one is not to neglect the secret place. And two is to take time to linger. We live in a society where everything is fast-paced. There's a lot to do in 24 hours of the day. But I feel that the Lord is calling his body to linger, to stay longer than necessary in his presence. And the Lord knows that some of you have start very early, are busy mums, but he's just saying, take time just to linger. And there's a value of lingering. There's a value of coming into that secret place, coming into that quiet place. And Jesus instructs us to do this. I think Jesus, his life is a perfect example, busy, but yet he took time with the Father. Amen. And I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.14, that the love of God compels him. And the Greek word for that is actually sun echo. It's a powerful, passionate word that could be translated as dry, as fires, drives, dominates, galvanizes, masters. Paul was passionate. Paul, I love the Apostle Paul. I'm sure he wasn't an easy character, nor am I. <laughs> and my sister reminds me <laughs> at times. <laughs> And, um, but, but I love it that the love of God compelled him. In Psalm 42 verse 1, and this scripture I have loved as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And I was thinking about this scripture one time. And it's like I saw a picture of a deer which had been running from a predator and is desperate for a drink. Who's been running outside and you say, I'm just desperate for a drink. 
And I felt the Lord really challenge me. He said, Karen, do you know something about this spiritual desperation, this panting after God? And I believe that as a congregation, we're never to be ashamed of our lack of satisfaction to know God. I want to know him more. I'm so thankful for knowing him, for everything he's done. But I tell you what, I'm not satisfied. I want more. I want more for this church as a pastor. When I pray for this church, I say, God, there's so much more for us as a church. I even said to the Lord, if this is it, I'm bored. <laughs> and I know that there is a lot more for us and for us as a church. And so... <clears throat> The secret of the apostle's great passion was that he was in touch with the great ache in his soul, which God had placed in him, and he's placed that in us. And it's, I also believe that Paul knew what it was to pant after God. I also believe that David knew, King David knew what it was to pant after God. Now, as we finish today, I just want to go through and I, just some of the passion killers. I believe one of them is unbelief, a hardened heart. We can close our heart. We can close our heart to God. And I've done this at times when there were things that I really felt God had spoken to me and they didn't happen the way I thought they would happen. And I realized that I... I started putting up a wall and I said to the Lord one day, Lord, I just don't sense your presence. I don't sense that closeness. And I realized that I had closed my heart um, through the disappointments, through difficult circumstances. And I believe that can happen to each one of us if we're honest. Um, and I, the scripture in Proverbs 4, verse 23, that says, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow springs of life. Another translation says, watch over your heart. And I think that's a really good prayer to pray every day, Lord, Show me my heart. I want to watch over my heart because the little disappointments become big disappointments. Unbelief can become a very big, like a stone 
in our heart. What are the passion killers when we just become lukewarm and an apathy starts to come? And I believe this is the state of our heart. Our passion or fire for Christ has died down. And we do not make an effort to grow spiritually. Maybe we felt distant from God. And when that happens, we lose vision. And the devil, the enemy just loves this. An apathetic Christian serving God in such a way not to offend the devil. Loves that. And I don't want to be like that person. Who doesn't want to be like that person? Good. See a lot of hands going up. Lukewarm Christians, and I'm speaking to myself, will never, ever change this world that we live in. I believe another passion killer is not associating with people of passion. And Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need that fellowship with one another. It's so easy. We get busy. We think on a Sunday, and Sunday isn't the only day for church because I believe we are the church wherever we go. But there's something about coming together. The worship this morning was beautiful. Thank you, Rachel and Emma. But he's worthy of it all. But it's so easy sometimes on a Sunday to think, okay, I've heard the alarm stop. I'm going to turn around. But we need each other. I believe we need to come to church and say, Lord, how can I encourage someone here today? We don't know what people are going through. I can remember one time I went up to a woman and I said, Jesus just wants you to know how much he loves you. Well, I was a little embarrassed because she just started weeping. And I thought, well, Jesus loves you. And later she said, you've got no idea how much that meant to me. I had had such a rough week that I did it. I started doubting if Jesus really loved me. And I believe that as a body of believers, let's pray when we come together. How can we encourage one another? Who needs encouragement? I see a lot of hands going up. We all need encouragement. We're living in days that are difficult. But I'm thankful that we know how the end of the book 
Amen. <laughs> so this morning as we finish, I'm just going to ask you to stand. And I'm just going to go into a, a time of ministry. Rachel is going to play. But as you've heard me speak this morning, just keep our eyes closed. And if you can't stand, if it's too long, just stay seated. But if you say, yes, I have been apathetic. I've closed my heart. My passion for Jesus, that fire that I had has waned. Maybe this morning you're standing here and you're saying, yes, I do have a heart of unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. And if you say, I need passion, I need God to put his fire in me again. Just like in Matthew 3, where Jesus says, I will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, for the fire of the Holy Spirit. Lord, your passion. Oh, Lord, we pray this morning that we would allow the Holy Spirit to blow over us. Lord, we pray this morning, come wind of the Spirit and blow over those embers in our heart, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, wind of the Spirit, just come this morning. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we can't do it in our own strength. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow through the caverns of our heart this morning. I thank you, Jesus, Lord. And I believe that we're to say, yes, Lord, I allow you to blow. I allow you to blow over those embers in my heart. I allow, Lord, I want more passion for you. Jesus, I love you, but I'm not satisfied because there's so much more. I just pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, just come this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, we want to be people that irresistibly draw others. Lord, I pray, Lord, that when people see us, Lord, they would see that passion, that fire that we have. I thank you, Jesus. And I felt that the Lord was saying to someone this morning, I want intimacy with you. And you've been afraid of intimacy with the Father. And I believe the next promises, he's saying, I will change 
your life. You've looked at your life and you've said, I can't do it. But the Lord is saying to you today, I will bring change. I will bring change. I will change your life. To some he's saying, I will change the way you see me. I will bring change. Father, thank you. Oh, we so need you, Lord. We love you. But we want more of you, Lord. More of you. Thank you, Lord. More passion. More fire. Oh, Lord Jesus. We want to be so passionate about you that we can't contain it. And Lord, I believe that for some of you, for some of us, you're wanting to make some things new. Some things have lost their shine. But I just sense that the Holy Spirit is wanting to come where it's tarnished. It's just lost. Some things have lost their shine. And the Holy Spirit is just coming. And he's taking away the tarnish. And he's wanting you to see things. <laughs> 